Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. I'm Anthony Kent, and we're so pleased that you've joined us today. We've got a great topic today. We're exploring how to build bridges with your Muslim friends. And our guest is Rick McEdward. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. Tell us a little, Rick, about what you're, you're currently doing. Well, um, my role here at the Adventist headquarters is to um, oversee some study centers, and these centers specifically help us to understand other religions and other faith backgrounds and learn how to make friends with people from other traditions. Uh, we have one for uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Judaism, Islam, etc., uh, along the spectrum. Right, okay. Now, Rick, you've, you've had a little history with Muslim people. Tell yeah. us a little about that background. Well, that's a, that's a good question, Anthony. I, uh, I, when I was about 11 years old, my parents walked in one day and they said, pack up your bags, we're leaving. And I was comfortable living in my little North American home, a semi-rural uh, village in uh, Washington State. And I said, well, where are we going? I thought California or New York. And it was, uh, we're flying to the Middle East. Wow. We're saying goodbye to our family and we'll be there for we don't know how long. Wow. And so that gave me a, a tremendous opportunity, reluctant opportunity, mm -hmm. to learn something more about how to relate to people of different backgrounds. And that really set the agenda for my life. Wow. That's a fantastic experience, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it really was. Yeah. Um, actually, I can remember the day we landed and uh, stepping off of the airplane was so confusing yeah. because, uh, you know, you, you're not only dealing with the heat, which was blasting heat, and the customs and immigration and people going through your suitcases, but everybody was dressed differently. Everybody mm -hmm. spoke another language. Everybody was totally in a different context than anything I'd ever seen before. Wow. And it was a little bit of a, a culture shock for me. Yeah, I can off. imagine. So yeah. you spent your teenage years growing up in the Middle East. Yeah, the early teenage years I was yeah. in the Middle East. Um, we lived very close to the Red Sea. It was a beautiful place where we could snorkel and uh, see the, the fish and the shells and different things. Wow. But we also participated in some of the cultural festivals. Okay. So I presume that this was a, a Muslim-dominated country? It, it was. Um, we uh, saw them uh, very faithfully participating in Ramadan, which is the month of fasting. Mm -hmm. uh, afterward is the month of celebration where they're very engaged in, in celebrating what God has done. Um, every night at the end of the fast, we'd hear the cannon go off and people would feast in the evening. Uh, we saw the people coming and going for pilgrimage, and uh, it was a really interesting time. But I'll tell you what, um, we learned more about how uh, people are like you and me in that setting. It was very, very positive. What do you mean by that? Well, we, my dad was uh, working in a hospital, mm -hmm. and because he got fairly intimate with the people, they would invite him home. We went to their weddings. We went to their homes for meals. We went to people's places for various functions and celebrations. And, you know, um, when you get inside a home, it's not about uh, who's a terrorist. It's about who is a friend, yeah. who is a God follower. 
and uh, we learn just a lot of things that we can appreciate about friends from other places. Wow. So this would have been a, like a full immersion process because uh, many times when, you know, Christians live in other countries, they're often on a compound or something yeah. like that, but this, this sounds completely well, different. We were on a compound, right. but it was a military compound, right. um, and part of the compound was mixed uh, foreigners and locals together, mm -hmm. and our neighbor uh, had three boys that I used to go out and play football with, and just in, totally enjoyed the wow. time there. It's a fascinating <clears throat> way to, to learn about another religion when yeah. you're just immersed in that that opportunity. But, you know, you don't have to, today, you don't have to move to the Middle East to be immersed and to, I guess, have an opportunity to, to meet Muslims. You know, uh, people of all walks of life come to Western countries, come to big cities uh, globally. So wherever there's an educational institution, wherever there's a good economy, people desire to move there. And right here in North America, uh, we have more Muslims than Methodists. Mm. We have uh, large populations, foreign and uh, also American populations. But it's not just true here in America. It's true in Amsterdam and in London and in other places where we know that the, the shift is ongoing of what the urban context is all about. That's exactly right. <clears throat> you know, one thing I'm eager to discuss with you is how we can share God's love mm -hmm. with our Muslim friends. So right after this brief break, let's do that. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is how to share God's love with our Muslim friends. And our guest is Rick McEdward. Rick, there, there are some pronounced differences between Christianity and Islam. Mm -hmm. how, do we, how do we relate to Muslims mm -hmm. even with those differences? You know, so often, and this can be said about many religious groups, we focus on those differences. Yeah. We, we are apt to say, well, they don't do this or um, we use strong words, mm -hmm. like that's a false religion. Mm. And, you know, I would rather look at it in terms of what do we have in common because that's where our best bridges can be built as friends and mm. neighbors. So what, what kind of common points do Christians share with, with Muslims? Well, you know, before we get into the common points, one of the things I often hear is, oh, Muslims don't worship the same God we do. And, you know, it doesn't matter how strong we believe those things. Mm -hmm. the, the part that is important for us is how much will those um, caricatures, generalizations, how much will those really help yeah. us to become friends, mm. to share a positive and cordial witness? Mm. How do we build bridges instead of walls is really important. And... You know, I, I do think that there are some common points that, uh, that are important for us. Um, one of them, <clears throat> interestingly enough, is that uh, many people don't realize that Muslims share the belief in the Torah, um, the Zabur, and the Injil. Now, to 
translate that a little bit is the Torah is the law, the books of Moses. The first five books of the, the Bible. Absolutely. And, yeah. and uh, Muslims actually have a high regard for biblical writings. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the writings uh, actually, Zabur is the Psalms or the complete part of the writings of the Old Testament. And the Injil is the Gospels. So there is already a foundation, a framework within Islam and the Muslim mind mm. to say, if we can find the authentic word of God, we want to follow it. Mm. In fact, uh, one of my greatest sources of conversation with Muslims, wherever I travel, is I want to be totally submitted to God. Mm. And when I share that, there is an immediate recognition that we share something in common. Um, you know, uh, the word Muslim actually means a person who submitted. Mm. And so when we talk about, uh, I, I remember a conversation I had in a bookstore. It was a, a, a very interesting time. I was, I was in a Muslim bookstore because I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to have a deeper understanding. And, and so I caught myself in conversation with some other people. It was at the time when the U.S. was having some difficult international relationships, and they approached me on that, seeing that probably I was from the U.S. or from another Western country, and it was a little nervous, you know? How do we respond? And so I just said, well, I, I really don't have much to say about politics, but I, I'm here because I want to serve God, and I want to search for Him with all my heart. And uh, they said they'd never met an American who had that desire to really. So I told them, I said, well, I get up every morning. I spend an hour with God. I, uh, I meditate on his word. I, I try to be reflective of his character now imperfectly. And I admitted that to them. Um, and when they heard that, they just said, wow, that's what we want too. Mm. Um, you know, there's, there's a spiritual heart that if you find a sincere Muslim, one who's really wanting to follow, there are very in, uh, easy connecting points with those who, um, who also follow God from Christian faith backgrounds. Mm, mm. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful account, Rick. And I, I noticed there that you were deliberately building bridges. bridges. Yeah. The little I know about um, Islam from having traveled there quite a few times is, they certainly do rise early. They yeah. certainly do pray and spend time with God. And there is an earnestness there. You know, one of the mistakes we make is we make our Christianity a once a week religion. Mm. Um, well, we can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, this is a common trap. Yes. You know, it's not what we should be doing. Mm. But the reality is that uh, Muslims, five times a day, they put their face down on the ground before God. Hindus and Buddhists, likewise, at sunrise and sunset, they're called to the temple. And so when others look at us, they often look at the secularizing factions of the West Hollywood and, and the problems that have been call, caused, and they say, oh, Western Christianity is secularizing and it's corrupting our culture instead of enlightening it and lifting it up. Mm. And so if people see a genuine spirituality, yes. that is the first step really in sharing a positive view of Christ and mm. of God mm. with others. Now you've mentioned Christ and that yeah. 
leads me to, to ask this question. Sure. How do Muslims view the New Testament and Jesus? Um, you know, it's interesting. There is some controversy, of course, about the Bible. Mm -hmm. There is this foundation that I mentioned, but any Muslim that I've ever spoken to has the common belief that we do as Christians that Jesus is coming again. Okay, so they're expecting the imminent return of Jesus? Actually, there are Muslim websites, there's Muslim studies, there's people studying prophecy, all about the second coming of Christ. And if we were living as people of the second coming, what a bridge that is for conversation. Mm. Um, th there are um, scholars within the Islamic community that are saying, what does the Bible have to offer on this topic? And I think that there, cautiously, there are bridges that we can use there to say, we are believers, you're also believers. Can we compare and walk together um, towards the second coming of Christ. You know, that's a, a wonderful insight that there are some who are open yeah. to actually listening, yeah. seeing what Christianity has to say on, on Jesus. That's, that's Well, you refreshing. know, just like in Christianity, there are genuine followers and there are those who maybe are in name only. Mm -hmm. But uh, the same is true in Islam. Yes. When you find a genuine follower, He's usually dedicated to peace. He's usually dedicated to submitting to God. And those are values that we hold as well. Mm. Um, and the idea that Jesus is coming again will not be new at all on them. Ah, this is good news. Yeah. yeah. Well, after our brief break, we want to come on to how we actually build some of those bridges sure. with our Muslim friends. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is sharing God's love with our Muslims friends. And our guest is Rick McEdward. Now, Rick, there, there are some challenges. There are some pronounced differences. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of those challenges that we, we need to address when we are sharing with our Muslim friends? There, there's a di couple different sets of them, but there are some um, belief issues that have been well documented in the Islamic faith that basically come under a couple headings. Right. One is a difficulty of them accepting the Trinity. Okay. Um, the Trinity to us means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It, it, you mm -hmm. know, there's, there's a depth there that we have a hard time explaining ourselves, but to a Muslim, it means three gods. Yes. It also, when we talk about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it actually um, makes it seem to them though, as though we are worshiping a God who had an uh, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and gave offspring to Jesus. So using the words Father and Son is problematic. It's all wrapped up in this Trinity concept that we share. Yeah. Um, I think that there are ways that we can, we can work through that issue, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. There's also, uh, you know, Muslim preachers have attacked the Bible that we use as Christians, saying that it's been corrupted through the years and it's not the original. And again, I think that 
that if we are the Word of God as Christians, if we live, I think it's much harder to use that as a, as a uh, approach. Um, and really the third one, and it's a strong belief, is that Jesus didn't die on the cross. Therefore, the resurrection and the death of Jesus, that uh, that didn't happen. So these historical issues are there, but there is a much bigger one. The second set is, what does the life of the Christian really look like? Okay. Um, history says the Crusades came in from Europe, Western Christianity, and the armies obliterated large portions of the Middle East. We don't do that today. Yeah. But there's an interpretation that says that Western countries are still carrying a crusade through military exploits, through economic means, and through cultural stuff. And so we have this history, but also our own um, way of living out Christ. Mm. Those who are not true followers of Christ but carry the Christian name may actually be a detriment to our sharing um, God's love with others. Okay. So how do we overcome these hurdles, Rick? How do we get past these? You know, that's, that's the million-dollar question. Mm. It's, it's the question that we all want to know, and we, we want to know how to do it peaceably. Yes. We want to know how to do it uh, godly ways um, without, you know, thumping yeah. and uh, trying to, to approach somebody in the wrong ways. And I think that we have to start where it matters we have to start, are we living God's love personally? Are we submitting ourselves? Are we spending time with Him? Are we reflecting His character? Are we overcoming mm. ourselves? And I think that that's the first step. So taking discipleship seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, many people have said through the years, if it wasn't for Christians, I might be interested in being one. Yeah. But it's the wrong view of mm. what Christians are really about. Yeah, so. okay. So one of the ways is providing as, as best as possible through the, the grace of God and the power of the yeah. Holy Spirit, uh, a, a clear e Christian example. Maybe it's not perfect, yeah. but it's clear and yeah. it's a humble example. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, one thing I've noticed in, in the Middle Eastern context is hospitality is an enormous thing. Yeah. Um, there is a a hospitable culture that we, from Western countries, tend not to um, have. I've experienced it in many parts of the world. The Middle East is one of the highest. Oh, yes. I can remember as a kid um, living next door to our Muslim neighbors, and one day the uh, lady of the house brought a special Arabic uh, sweet cake to my family. And my mom, loving to cook, returned it to her, the pan, with, a, a, you know, chocolate cake in it. All right. And the mother from the other side, not to be outdone by Western <laughs> hospitality, returned it to my mother saying, here's something more special from our culture. My mother, not to be outdone, oh, turned no. around and did the same. And this time it came back with a note from our neighbor saying, please accept this and don't send it back. Oh, really? Because there is a cycle of giving. You give, you also get. Mm. And that hospitality was in their home. It was with their boys in the yard. It was at weddings. It was at their family events. Even at our Christmas time, they came and gave us gifts 
for us to celebrate. Wow. And that's unique, you know. You know, even some of us Christians, we have a hard time in accepting God's grace in that way. It's true. But there's, true. A, there is an opportunity there. Yeah. So I'm also hearing through this the, the importance of friendships. Yeah. You know, if we aren't willing to spend time, people will always think that you're just there somewhere. Yeah. And uh, spending time building relationships, having people to our home, these are very, very significant. Um, I've had uh, my Muslim friends into my home frequently, mm -hmm. um, especially when we're living overseas where it was easier access. And uh, showing a little hospitality um, really goes a long way to develop a friend. Yeah, yeah. And storytelling? That's big in the Middle East as well, isn't it? It sure is. In fact, I think one of the greatest connecting points that we have as Christians is we share two kinds of stories, common stories that they want to know more of from the Bible and stories from how God has changed us. If you think about it from the Bible, there are a few Bible characters that are um, mentioned in the Quran, you know, Abraham, uh, Joseph, etc. Joseph's getting a lot of exposure. But there's a lot of the background stories that they don't know. And whenever I've exposed in my home that we have a lot of background stories, almost every person has said, can you tell me some of those stories? Wow. Can you share those with me? Because I want to know more about the background to the Quran. Yes. And the Bible is the background. Yeah. Is there an openness to the New Testament stories? You know, there is. Um, because of the belief in Jesus, not as the Son of God, not as the High Priest, but as, uh, as the, as the um, teacher and prophet, there is a very strong openness to who Jesus was and what he did. Building those other cases takes a little bit more time, patience, and prayer. Yeah, and just in a few seconds, how open are they to receiving, for example, the gift of a Bible? Um, that's a good question. Probably initially not. Right. And what I would do is I would wait for somebody to request from you. Right. Because then it's coming from their heart, not as a push from, from somebody who wants to share something with sure. you. Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much, Rick. We're so pleased that you've been on Ministry in Motion. And we want to thank you for joining us for this program of Ministry in Motion as well. We'd like to encourage you to come and visit our website, ministryinmotion.tv. There you can see an archive of all of the programs that have been aired on Hope Channel. You can watch those 24-7. You can even share them with other people in your churches, in your community as well, and be blessed by the wonderful guests that we've had. But we'd like to invite you to join us next time on Ministry in Motion. But until then, we want you to know that we are praying for your ministry.